everyone, and welcome to Writing Easy, the podcast that takes the act of writing, which can sometimes be not easy, and tries to make it less not easy. I am one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. So, careful listeners may have noticed, a few weeks ago, uh, I talked about, boy, it was longer than a few weeks ago, wasn't it? It was a while ago. Yeah. I talked about uh, some work. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> some stuff I was doing. Super busted uh, to prepare uh, to do some research because I'm working on a mystery and I wanted to kind of do a deep dive into other mysteries, you know, reading carefully and really kind of taking it apart. I was calling it like gross anatomy. You know, I was dissecting them. Uh, I was having a lot of trouble with the way putting together my plot for my mystery and where I was going to put my clues and things and just kind of understanding how they worked. So I decided to take a couple different of a couple different books. And just sort of read them very carefully and and kind of map them out. And I talked a little bit about what I'd found before, because I'd done like one, maybe two at that point. But I've done all four, and I thought I'd uh, report back what I found. Yay, I'm excited to hear. Yeah, I think we did two the last time. And I'm curious to see, like, now that you've completed that, what, yeah. what things have you taken away or tried to employ in your uh, current project? Really nothing. Complete waste of time. No, I'm kidding. Um, so first of all, I was, I'm writing, uh, actually what I'm doing now isn't an historical mystery, but I was kind of focusing on historical mysteries. That was kind of the the vibe that I was going for. So there weren't any thrillers. They, they kind of were about the same thing. The four books that I looked at were Murder on Pleasant Avenue by Victoria Thompson, The Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie by Alan Bradley, Careless and Red by Elizabeth George, and Murphy's Law by Reese Bowen. All right, so with those four, I found some things. The first thing uh, that I was very surprised to discover was that there weren't that many clues. Really? Like, yeah. Like, I was thinking, like, oh, clue, 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 and everything. But, no, it was, there were, like, little leads and little pointers, but actual, like, clues, things that I would consider, like, a really big thing, were about, like, five maybe 10. Um, Careless and Red had a lot more. It was Careless and Red was a lot more uh, complicated book, a more complex. Uh, it had a lot, but a lot of them were tiny, just like merely just kind of pointers to get to a next scene rather than what I would call like a big clue, like some real big learning. Um, so I, that was a big load off my mind because I thought I had to construct this really complicated puzzle and like, no, not really, not as much. Just, you know, some general things to kind of keep the things moving. But as far as like big piece of information, uh, not that big a deal. And in fact, most of them came in about the last half to third of this book. So the pace increased greatly. So like at first it was just kind of like, Loo -doo -doo, here we go, here's the thing, oh, maybe this. Uh, and then it really wasn't until the very the end of the book, you know, the third act, maybe if you want to call it that, or, you know, the, the last part where it really got into, oh, here's this piece of information, this piece of information, everything just kind of, you know, hit really fast. Um, which again, huge load off my mind, thought I had to construct this complex thing. Not so much. Really just kind of tell a story and then throw it all at the end. Yeah. And I would assume that that would be, it would make for a more pleasurable experience for the reader too, because they wouldn't get 
so overwhelmed with the complexity and the number of of clues or mm-hmm. leads or potential suspects, right? I think that's the the challenge of real crime or like real mysteries. Yeah. Like there's so much there that it's aggravating and frustrating for people because they have no idea where to start and no idea what is significant or not. And so the joy of mm-hmm. entertainment is that you have somebody who's kind of narrowing that down a little bit for you. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was an interesting change. In, in fact, I would say most of the story was character stuff. And all of these, there's different arcs of various sizes uh, for all of them. Uh, so it was like uh, in in uh, Careless and Red, there was this little arc about these two uh, smaller characters. I almost called them NPCs because it was like the, I've been playing yeah. with too much D&D as we know. <laughs> you know, that these two characters, their marriage healed. Now they weren't... Uh, they weren't really suspects. They were kind of involved with the with the murder. They were, you know, related. Uh, but that story really just kind of, okay, here's here's something that happened. Um, the in um, Murphy's Law, it was about Molly Murphy finding a job. That was part of her arc, and that's you know, it drove them through the story. It was things that happened, but it was a lot of character relationship stuff that hooked off of the crime. You know, that were related to the the victim and the the murder rather than you know it being such an intellectual puzzle now again this is this the genre i think there are other styles of mystery where it is a puzzle but that's not what this is which is really great right because all of these were armchair like you know private eye cozy kind of investigation stories not fbi exactly agents. yeah <laughs> exactly in fact for uh two of them they were amateur sleuths uh for the other two they were um professionals detectives but all of them were not you know hard crime they were all very yeah like i said armchair you know kind of cozy yeah um the other big thing that i learned was uh that the past like the really old past is important so what you end up having to do is at least you know learning from this is kind of writing three stories so first you have the the backstory of that really kind of leads to the murder but it's usually it has, for for three of the four the murder had had its roots in an event in one of the characters childhoods All right so you can so that's kind of a nice way of making it harder to solve right because the thing that caused it happened 30 years ago mm-hmm. so it's a nice thing so you have to write that story of what happened 30 years ago i mean you don't have to write all of the details but you have to figure out what happened uh, then you have to figure out the story of the murder itself, and then you figure out the story of solving it. So those three levels, which again, that sounds kind of daunting for me. I kind of liked it because I broke it up, right? I had three things to pick out, and then they all, you know, fed from each other. So I was able to go back, you know, start with that original backstory, and then use that to build on, you know, the other layers. Um, but again, that's something I never I mean. Like you kind of saw it. But I never really noticed it so much from reading. I mean, it, maybe it, maybe it's obvious. I don't know. Maybe I'm I clueless for not have seeing that. But uh, I thought that was really interesting. That it, it you know I always there was, there was a backstory. There's always a reason for why it happened. But the fact that so much it was way in the past was really interesting to me. And how does that impact the way that you think about plotting a mystery now? Because I know when I was doing a like a 
a murder story like a murder story murder mm-hmm. story. a murder story <laughs> that sounds good good words good words when i was killing uh, someone wait i mean not really but like i i got caught up in this idea that like i couldn't write the current story until i like i had to do a whole brainstorming session around what was the crime and mm-hmm. the murder that uh took place which was in the past somebody had been charged wrongfully yeah and so like i had to i had to do all of this back like legwork yeah for something that wasn't yeah. even going to be in the yeah. show for like but, several episodes. So it was, yeah. yeah. But I think, I think you're right. I think that was the right thing to do because it gives you the foundation to, uh, to work from. And especially if it's something like a show or something where, where it's going to be coming out before it's done. You know, like if you're writing a book, you can bill and Ted it and take it back and, uh, you know, feed things back in. But if not, having that that backstory worked out is is just a treasure trove for you because then you know what what you need to tell people, right? You know what happened, and you yeah. can go into the scenes going, okay, this is the person who did that thing back then. Got it. Oh, see, these two people they know, but this guy doesn't, and you can write that in. So I think it's a huge, uh, important step, very valuable step to do is to work out that backstory before you even meet the sleuth before you even figure out who's solving the mystery write the story of the the victim and the murderer and what happened and why get that all worked out and i think i think that's a huge it'll make your life so much easier and the fact that that for for like i said most of them that backstory happened you know way 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 in the past yeah. Well, that made a huge difference. And I may be somewhat spoiling these books by saying that. I don't think I am. Sorry if I did. <laughs> Maybe I'll put a warning at the beginning. <laughs> like, I just realized that might be kind you of really want to read these books and you haven't yet. <laughs> Stop. First of all, I recommend it because they're all fantastic. Um, they're all parts of, of really great series, really well-written, lots of fun. Um, but yeah. Uh, but if they're like me and, you know, over 40 and have, like, a very short attention span and no memory, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I can pick up this book in, in a few weeks and I still won't remember anything you That's <laughs> That's the other thing that I noticed is that hiding clues is actually a lot easier than you think. Um, and, and some of the, the ways that, that they hid them was to, because you didn't know the backstory, you don't have the context. And so you don't understand what, what that means. Right. right. So someone could say something and it has absolutely no meaning. And then later you go back. Once you know the backstory and have all that history, that's how you hide the clues. At least it's one of the ways to hide the clues um, is because it, it only makes sense in the context that, you know, because you worked it out. But the reader doesn't because they don't know that part yet. Yeah. Um, so that was really great. Um, what was the other thing I had? I kind of talked about the pace. Um yeah, I mentioned this kind of at the beginning. The solving pace increased as the book went on. Um, so for two of them, the ratio of solving to not solving scenes was about one to three. So by that I mean uh, for every scene that was really about solving the crime, there were about three that were not, that were just about what the character was going through. And some of that didn't necessarily lead into the murder you know it was just like here's what this character's going through here's what's happening uh in murphy's law uh this is about molly murphy who's a, a woman who, they're it's really fun woman who uh, is in the uh like late 1800s uh who 
comes from Ireland and has to get into the U.S. And she's, you know, she's got some adventures on the boat, which tie into a murder. But then there's also stuff about, like, her trying to find a job and her living with her crazy cousins and her doing all sorts of stuff um, that just are her, her story. And there's a lot of that at the beginning. So I now know I can kind of take my time. I can I can take the time to develop the character because that's what really people are. Well, I don't know if that's what people want. I don't know what people want. I know what I want. But, you know, that that helps kind of uh, settle you in. Um, for the other two, the, the solving pace stayed kind of constant. Um, and that was for uh, The Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie and Murder on Pleasant Avenue. Um, for... Murder on Pleasant Avenue, that was uh, it was very late in the series. It's like the twenty fifth book in the series, so there wasn't much to do to talk about the characters. You know, like <laughs> people know them by now. Like, dude, you yeah. know everything about these people. Um, although she did have some other stuff, there were some other things that she was developing in there. Um, but it, the, at this point, the book's about solving the crime. Um, and then the other one is the sweetness of the bottom of the pie, uh, and that in that one, the character, the sleuth, is a I say 12-year-old girl, 11-year-old girl. She's amazing. And so she had she didn't she had stuff going on. I mean there was a it was definitely a character growing uh story. You know, we we knew mm-hmm. about her problems in her life. But she was basically solving the crime to kind of get away from those problems. So she was working on that a lot. Um and also the character is so freaking fun and fascinating that she could have been going to school and it would have been fine. So she just kind of kept things moving along. So I guess to say that there's no, um, yeah, you, there's no rule for that, but that it's okay to kind of start off slow and speed it up if you want. And then the last thing uh, was actually setting. Now, granted, three of these are historical, okay, um, but even the fourth one, the the um, Careless and Red, which is you know contemporary, the setting is really important. Um, for all of them, they had like lots of these interesting places to go, so they moved a lot to different places. Um, you know, it was like I go here to learn this, and I go here to see this. You know, there's so much trying to find different angles to things. Going to different places made a big difference, and they all had uh, a lot of different settings. I just, you know, as I was listening at the settings, there was you know, five or six or seven at least for each of them, if not more. So that's another thing. That informs your setup when you're starting to work. Think about locations. You know, think about where this is set, and think about where people might go. Um, right now, I'm I'm writing something set on a college campus, so I'm thinking about okay, what are the hangouts? What's the pizza place? What's the bar? Is there a frat? Is there a dorm? I drew a campus map. You know, and just and to to flesh out these locations um, is an important aspect, and I think it's an important aspect of any mystery because of you know, you're observing. It's a thing to observe, and one of the things you observe is where you are. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I would assume it would be important because people's connection or people are going to have connections to the settings, and the setting is going to be where you have like that's how you draw your suspects. Essentially, it's like who mm-hmm. else was around, who else was coming and going yeah. into these spaces. So it seems like you would have more communal spaces, um, and that that would play an important part in like their ability to find clues or the ability to make sense and interpret the access that they have, the security, like there's so many different Mm -hmm. layers and ways in which you can complicate uh, the mystery um, or hide the, the true killer criminal based on the location and the setting. 
Yeah, I think that's a, it's a good point. It's, it's just, it's a very important tool. It's a useful tool for you. So, you know, set up your backstory, set up your settings. Those will help you as you're trying to put this together. And then, yeah, and then your character relationships. Those are the three things. You know, I, I kind of went in thinking a mystery was all about the clues. And it's really not. It's, the clues are there, but I also need the backstory, the character relationships, the setting. And working on those things that kind of that kind of tills the field for me to just sort of drop my clues in which come from the backstory and the murder those three storylines i have to work out and to make that third one which is the actual book work well <laughs> yeah i feel like that third one i feel like well i feel like the setting though is the hardest because that's where you write yourself into a corner right like that's where you have to go yeah. beyond the uh, the obvious of like how did this person get in here or how the person do x y and z and and go undetected or like i feel like that's where you get all the the really tough challenges and where it's easy to fall back on uh cliches or tropes or things that have mm -hmm. already been done and it becomes predictable because you're like oh well like i've seen this trick before <laughs> so it's like the sherlock holmes and the locked room kind of thing it's like oh you know how do you go through that kind of of scenario and planning and it's like you as a writer and a creator you have to go beyond those first five quick thoughts yeah. of like this is the solution <laughs> that's trying it's exhausting to do that but also well, I think and I think but I think that where you get those things is going to be in your in defining your setting and your backstory and your yeah. character relationships really well because then you come up with some new stuff and that helps you you know th those three interact and that gives you all the stuff you need for your your story um now you said three of these were historical so so a lot of the fun is seeing the world of that time you know, because people love history. People like to learn about how things were. And in some ways, there is some aspect of some of these books that's just a a, a tram ride to take you through this cool old place. Um, I would argue that for for the, you know, Murder, Murder on Pleasant Avenue, which is uh, totally blanked on the name of the series, the Victoria Thompson's books, and she's, there's a, it's a Gaslight Mysteries is the name of the series. A, a lot of the appeal is the cool historical stuff. I know that Victoria does a lot of research and it's just neat ways to see old stuff. Like, oh, I didn't I didn't realize they did this. And you know, she's really careful about her research. So there is an aspect to this that's just a, a tram ride through history. You know, and the mystery's kind of like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna solve a crime too while we're at it. I've seen plenty of mysteries that were like that. But the whole yeah. point, um oh what is the name of that series that it's set in Africa? Uh, the ladies in detective agency. Detective agency, yeah. It's not. Oh, what the heck is it called? Totally blanking on it. But those are, you know, the, they are the calmest, coziest mysteries, and it's all character and setting, and interesting people going interesting places and being fun and you know fascinating. And the the mystery sometimes the mystery is like, oh, one clue done, you know, like that's it, yeah. and it's fine, you know, like and and so. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a um, spectrum of what kind of book you want to write, but what I've learned is that these other aspects are really important, and you can't um, you can't ignore them, and they'll really help you by setting that up. This is so fascinating. I'm really glad you did this and took the time to mm -hmm. share the results with us. So now I don't have to do it, but uh, also because it gives me a lot of thought. <laughs> 
on uh, some of the projects that I'm working on and what I can apply. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I like things I never thought of, and and I it's such a different experience to read a book as a reader and to take it apart as a uh, as a author, you know, right. to to really dissect it. Um, it's such a valuable exercise, and I recommend it to anyone. If there's something you're working on, take you know, see how other people did it, and don't just you know consume it like an audience member, but really analyze it, and you will then you can see how it works underneath. Then you can you know take the cover off and look in the gears. Yeah, and I like the and I also learned a lot from comparing, from doing more than one, because then I I could see patterns, and and that kind of helped, and then I could help distinguish what was this author's choice and what was a pattern or if I saw someone do something and then someone else didn't do it, well, why did that person do this and why did this person do that? Not that there's a right way or a wrong way, but just a more exposure to the guts helps, which is a gross way to say it. But it's a mystery, man. There's guts. All right, come on. <laughs> We're talking <Right>. about death. <laughs> so um, that's all I, all I learned. I didn't learn anything else. I got nothing else to share with you. Um <laughs> empty <laughs> so yeah so I, I guess we'll uh, wrap this up but just again i'd encourage you all to give this a try and if you try it out let us know and uh see what what techniques you use to to learn about it so i guess we'll just wrap up and uh, remind everyone that writing is hard so take it easy i'm mary and i'm melissa bye everyone bye